Hello and welcome to another episode of The Naked Voice, the regular podcast of Naked Health. And today we are continuing this series of looking at how we all got into healthcare advertising. And now it's my turn to talk to Russell and ask him about his background and career in advertising to date. So good morning, Russ. How are you doing? How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. So, Russ, uh, you're a partner and creative at Naked Health. Uh, I mean, doing all things creative, a range of things from the visual look and feel of materials to international congresses and, you know, full brand campaigns. Yeah. Just a question. Is that something that you've always been interested in at school, the more creative and arty side of things rather than maths and sciences? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, they, they say people are either like left brainers or right brainers. I was very much the uh, the right brain <laughs> or some kind of brain. Um, but the, uh, yeah, maths and science really didn't make an awful lot of sense to me. I was I was terrible at both of those things. <clears throat> so obviously I don't have a medical background, thankfully. Um, but uh, I, I did really like art. And I, I loved uh, loved art and I loved English. I was very very good at those. And really, to, maybe to the expense of uh, maths and science, really, which didn't make any sense to me at all. But maybe more because I wasn't interested in those things as much. I've become a lot better at maths and figures now that I, I apply it to something that is relevant to me. But as an academic subject, no, I wasn't very good at that. So, yeah, that was where my strength lies. I was very good at art, very good at English, but not so good at the other things. And, I mean, on and off, I've known you, you know, for about... 10 15 yeah, years must but, be. Yeah. But, but, but i've never really known what your parents did and, and it so is that a side of things is, is that what, what you got from your parents because i know not always you know we're inspired or we don't fall far from the tree but i mean what, what did your parents do are they very much uh, left brainers or whatever I, I think so yeah they, they um uh very much they all sort of kind of there was always an interest in art music that kind of stuff in in, in my in my house um less so than sort of art uh, maths and science so yeah i just i just kind of followed followed from that really um so but i was always just sort of more interested in sort of drawing and painting and all that kind of stuff so that that was really where my my interest lay when i was sort of growing up really so at school then i mean you know i i was never really good at art but you know the kids that were in my school they never they never really expected that to be their, their career for life no. or to earn, earn money at it so when you were at school did you have any idea about what you wanted to do after after you left school? I just wanted to, I, that's, I kind of wanted to be an artist, which I didn't really, I mean, at school, of course, you don't really know what that means. It's a very kind of broad um, sort of description. And of course, you, you, you do get people, everyone, almost everyone tells you, well, that's not a job and you can't mm. earn money from that. And I, mm. I, I don't know if I was giving advice to somebody else now, sort of in that sort of that age or something, I'm not sure I'd actually say that to them because I think, if you're really good at something, then you'll persevere at it, you'll become good and everything else kind of falls in, in line. But got the prevailing wisdom then, I think probably still now with a lot of people, is that, you know, that isn't a job and um, you'll you'll end up some sort of starving artist in the garage somewhere. <laughs> so you, you have to you have to apply it to something that's sort of strictly commercial. Um, and for a while, I, I don't know, I kind of thought, well, I was really interested in animation for a while, and I had a part-time job in a little sort of independent studio, mm. which um, I, I, I did enjoy, but I, I kind of, even then when I was quite young, I, I realised that it, that particular job requires a very sort of particular temperament, uh, an awful lot of patience. It's very kind of um, insular kind of thing. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be a good fit for that. 
Um, so um, after school, I, I uh, did a graphic design course. So I thought that was the closest thing to it. <laughs> And was that, uh, uh, I mean, what age did you leave school? Did you leave a school at 16? And then I left school at Art College. Yeah, and then I went to Art College, yeah, okay. for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I, I worked, uh, so I, I did graphic design, which wasn't strictly what I had in, had in mind, but it was kind of like the, the closest, kind of like commercially, kind of a, you, you could apply it commercially to what, what I wanted to do, really. And um, I, I sort of went there, I sort of this, it was this sort of strange period in time, really, where, you know how you did graphic design hadn't changed in decades really mm. it was um i mean uh, we had a lecturer there who was uh, um who had done album covers in like the, the 60s and the 70s really and the techniques he was kind of teaching us were kind of really weren't that different but it was that period where that was kind of being phased out and the and Macs were coming in. so mm. things were starting to change quite a lot you know um, we had these sort of very strange sort of antiquated uh, equipments, things like what they call a grant enlarger, which was this sort of huge box you had to stick your head in and you had a, a sheet of glass and a, um, uh, a magnifying glass and you had to sort of twist these dials to make type bigger or smaller. I mean, it's this predated photocopies, you know. But yeah, in the sort of second year, they started bringing in all of the the Apple Macs, and and things started to change. So it was that weird sort of transitional kind of period where I I, I came into it. And like, this is like this is a question really. I mean, but I mean, what how what, what was your first job? How did you break into the healthcare advertising world? Because the reason I ask is, you know, when I'm not busy, obviously working at Naked Health, I, I spend some time at looking at LinkedIn, and it, and to yeah. me, it's amazing how. A lot of young people now are stressing about not being able to get into advertising or healthcare advertising or yeah. not being able to be a medical writer. And to me, it's odd because I sort of fell into it, um, partly because I, I, I failed to do my first choice of being an international diplomat or spy. And yeah, to, me, yeah. it's me, it's, to me, it wasn't that hard, but now it seems really hard to get into. So how, how did you find it? I don't know, because it's a weird thing, because everyone we speak to says the same thing. It's kind of, well, we just kind of fell into it. It mm. wasn't intended at all it was i think maybe that maybe that's the best if you want to get into it maybe the best way to do it is to not try to and maybe you just by accidentally sort of fall into it i don't know really but um i mean it i came about because um after I, I needed to get a job um i could have gone on to sort of further education but i just decided at that point i just decided i'd, I'd kind of had enough of that i wanted to get into you know, working and earning money so i came up with what what was really my first campaign, I did this sort of mailer campaign, a series of mailers that I sent out just to as many people as I could, based on uh, famous people and their first jobs, and giving people the uh, unbelievable opportunity of giving me my first job, which is a bit egotistical, but um, um, but it was a bit more interesting, I guess, than just sort of sending out a CV that didn't have anything on it, really, because it <laughs> I hadn't done anything at that point. And... Um, I don't know how, but somebody got passed on to a small independent healthcare agency and they called me in for an interview and uh, I got the job, even though I, I didn't really, I knew very, very little about advertising and even less about pharmaceuticals, really. Um, um, and what was the name of that agency? Um, and was it was it a purely specialist healthcare agency or was it a... Yeah, um... It was Braid, Braid Perriman. It was a long, long time ago. Okay, yeah. And I, I remember the only the only thing I really knew about advertising. This is how sort of, sort of naive I was. I remember 
um, seeing a film. A ter- it was a terrible film. It, was, it had Roger Moore in it as this ad man, this cool, trendy ad man in sort of 60s London who went round, driving around in this little convertible to all of like, the fashionable night spots and um, trying to find this model that he needed for this campaign. And I thought, well, that looks like quite a good job. So I, I kind of almost turned up thinking that was maybe what I was going to do. But um, I do remember, my, I don't know if it was my first day or very soon afterwards, there was, there was a huge panic in the agency. <laughs> there was a job that came up that had been printed out, a huge print run. I can't remember exactly what it was, whether it was a, it, it was a monograph or something like that. But <laughs> there was two abbreviations in this job. Um, there was OD for once daily and BD mm-hmm. for buy daily. And this is the importance of sort of good proof checking. There'd, there'd been a, a, a mistake and it got mixed up and there was a lot of BDs that should have been ODs for once daily. <clears throat> so there was a bit of a panic on. And I remember my first sort of two or three days was sitting in a room with a couple of other people turning the B's into O's by getting a little scalpel and scratching the line <laughs> off the B to turn it into an into an O. So my ideas of like the ad- advertising being this sort of like really cool, girl, <laughs> that was my first job in advertising. It wasn't sort of like chasing supermodels around London in a in a sports car. <laughs> so <laughs> that we did that for about two days. There was this, I just remember these sort of stacks, these boxes as full of these, um, I don't know if they're on monographs or something like that now, but yeah, it's just me and uh, the senior art director. We got on to be who, who we. It was in some ways it was quite good actually because we kind of bonded over, over this this sort of like quite tedious job. You know, we got the, a stack of pizzas in and just sort of started scratching the lines off of bees to turn them into O's. To so that was my first job in advertising. I, th- I think that leads on to like two other things that are, are true about our industry. One is that it's a very small world because um, I think Alex Alex Perman. Uh, used to be my boss many years ago and I still occasionally see her and the second thing is that we all as we always know there's always amends and there's always mistakes mm. and things to do in healthcare because it because it because it, it is so detailed but um it is but, yeah but, yeah but in, but in that first job then um we did you end up doing the things that you thought you'd be doing like doing photo shoots or or glossy campaigns or or, or, or not and, and how long did you stay there for well, I stayed there for, uh, I think it must have been about a couple of years. We did, I did a few sort of like campaigns. So this was back back in the days where um, a lot of their campaigns were mailers, um, which people don't really do anymore, which I think is a shame actually, because you could do quite interesting things with mailers. We did quite a lot of, uh, you know, we did some sort of photo shoots with that. Obviously, I was, I was sort of quite green. I didn't really know that much. But um, yeah, I did organise quite a few photo shoots for those kind of things and uh yeah, it was quite it was quite a good grounding, really. It was it was good. A couple of years. So after those couple of years, um, I think you then moved to another small uh, independent agency. Is that where you met Lee for the first time? Is it? Well, I did a few sort of little freelance things here and there, and uh, yeah, but that's where I met uh, met Lee. We were at Norris Lincoln. It was a place on the Strand. It was a tiny little um, room. Um, one of my abiding memories that it got unbelievably hot and uncomfortable during the, <laughs> during the summer because you couldn't open the windows. But yeah, um, we, so there I worked with uh, with Lee very very closely. It was quite a small creative department. There was Lee and Malcolm on the art side, so that was great. Yeah, we we got on very well. Did some quite nice stuff as well actually there. So that was quite a good learning curve because there was a lot of um, uh, uh, 
new business stuff. There was a lot of pitches and stuff, which is a, which is actually very good sort of grounding for people. It, it teaches you how to work to a brief and work quite quickly. And so that was good. I think I think now you've worked with Lee, you know, for better or worse, for like nearly 20 years. I think longer yeah. than most marriages um, oh. last, you know. Um, so why do you think that's worse? Why, why, why do you think that you and, and Lee have made this partnership over, over the last more than two decades? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a difficult one. <laughs> well, I think it does work. Yeah, because um, we just that's, not thinking that much about it, really. I mean, I think we just we just sort of get on, really. And Lee's got Lee's got a very good. He's quite rare in as far as he's got equal parts um, creative and equal parts. He's got a, sort of a, a strong science background, really. So. In a lot of ways, if if I have an idea, I can pass it in front of Lee and he can sort of look at it in a very different way and say, so, so, yeah, that actually does work because he, he's kind of like the. Um, he's very good. He's very good way of me editing, editing through my ideas as well, because he can see it just through a, a, a creative lens and also through the science lens, which is what I obviously I can't do as well. So that's where it works really well. So. And Lee, uh, same question for you, uh, I guess, because. Um, I've worked with you in the past and I know, you know, without mentioning any names, I know that you have led teams of varying uh, a, a ability and I know that you are, you know, passionate about what you do and passionate about good quality. So the same question for you, really. I mean, why do you think it's worked uh, so well for you working with us? Well, I think um, good good question. Me, Russ and I have worked together for, for a long time, as I said. So I think it's probably because we... And we use it's a bit of a cliche now. I think we've used this quite a bit. I think we're, we're pretty serious about it, but not too serious about it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably probably a good thing, and that that's contributed to to our work and relationship. You know, and we we have our heated moments, we have disagreements, like all creatives do. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's never gone beyond much of a kind of a quiet five minutes, and then we kind of uh, laugh yeah. about it. And um, and and also, I think we've got very similar ideas. Russ and I are very into. Um, you know the idea and and mm. conceptual you know thinking and stuff and and everything stems from there. So you know we've got a lot in common and we don't take ourselves too serious. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be said to that because I, I think creatives generally on there's um with the, the, I, I, was, I was once in a meeting it was one of these sort of like um, uh, management kind of meetings and stuff and they brought in these outside people and a lot of it that they was was nonsense but they did say one thing that did kind of resonate with me and it, it's it's very true is that people tend to be either body copiers or um headliners so the headliners are the people that are really interested in the big idea and the body copiers are the ones that are interested in like the, the minutiae and both of those things have their value and have their worth but i think generally speaking creatives tend to be the the uh the, the headliners they and and that's kind of i think that's that's good actually particularly on the visual side you know we, we it's a, it's our job to kind of take the uh um the sing the single-minded proposition and turn it into a big idea so mm. i think lee and i kind of share that a little bit as well and i mean i, I guess from, from the other end of the spectrum maybe in some way um a question from max and Raz. maybe max first I mean, you've had uh, a glittering career in advertising. You know, you've been a CEO of international um, companies. How do you spot, quote, good creatives when, you know, maybe your job is more to do with the numbers? And what does good creative mean to you? Because I'm sure we've all worked in agencies where 
you know, creatives can be a law unto themselves. They don't really get time sheets. They don't really get that time is money. So, Max, how have you managed and got the best out of your creative and, and recognised creative talent? Yeah, it's a good question. I think <clears throat> it is actually quite difficult to spot sometimes. And, and the truism is sometimes that the more wacky and talented the people are, sometimes the more difficult they are to um, mm. work within the constraints of a of a company. And, and I think that's, you know, where, where Lee and Russ are, are slightly exceptions to that because they, they tend to work quite well. But to me, I think it's what Lee said. It's really about big thinkers, big ideas. I think mm. anyone can fill in that body copy that Russ talked about. But it's getting those big ideas and it's not being it's the restlessness. It's not being content with the first idea, even the second idea. But mm. I, I think the real magic is those creatives that they don't have to come up with the idea themselves, but they recognize it when they see it and they can say, that's Absolutely. the one. And let's take that further. That that to me is the essence. Now, how you hire those people is really tricky. I think it's done on reputation. It's done on everything else. But, uh, you know, it's a great question. Mm. I think that that makes a lot of sense, actually, because, I mean, I, th I think particularly when you work into a brief, uh, whether it's for a pitch or for a new campaign, it's that kind of you just focus in on that single minded proposition. And the first thing coming up with an initial idea, it usually isn't uh, that difficult. You can read off uh, several different but you just know that isn't that isn't quite there yet. You just got to keep plowing away at it. And sometimes the idea comes when when you're thinking about something else, really, when it's in the back of your mind. So that's um, yeah, it's it's that kind of. It's it's very easy to come up with an initial idea, but you know, really good creatives don't do don't settle for that really, or they or if 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 the, if the initial idea is the right one, they recognise it. That's hmm. a big difference. Just perseverance. You know, I was I was I was um, I'm not a huge fan of Ed Sheeran actually, but I was watching a documentary yesterday about Ed Sheeran talking about his creative process, and I think a big thing which I think he got spot on, which I was thinking about, and I've thought about a lot, or we do, Russ, in terms of creative hmm. is is. You know, there's sometimes there's no kind. There is a bit of an inherent skill, but I think a big thing which people underestimate a lot is perseverance. You know, mm. perseverance it and really keep is, yeah. going, not getting kind of knocked down too too easily, and being quite dogged and and probably like we are a bit stubborn and and mm. all and persevering with things is is a huge thing for me. Uh, and and Roz, I mean, I guess a, sim a similar question for you. I mean, I've known you probably less time than I have Russ and Lee, uh, and you strike me as. Uh, I'm a nice guy, but also a kind of black and white guy uh, and very much do this or do that or say what you're going to do, which sometimes isn't how creatives work. So in your career, how have you found um, the interactions with creatives? Um, I, I take grave offence how you describe me. Do you? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd kind of echo all that. I mean, it's been a learning curve because everyone's different, right? So everyone's different. So one of the things that I kind of like is when somebody will work with you, you know, cause, you know, coming from an account management point of view, you don't necessarily always ask the right questions. Um, you don't always get the, the nuances in a brief. And it's somebody that will kind of help you fine tune that because, you know, the brief uh, reflects what's delivered at the end. Right. So I think that's a big thing for me is, is the creative asking the right questions or mm. asking questions. Yeah, yeah. That, that that makes that, that makes all the difference, actually. Yeah, because you're you're presented with a brief but i think at the point that you're presented with a brief i think creatives can actually add something to it it's just like the sort of refining the proposition and and like and as raj said just asking the right questions which can take you know creative into a different 
uh, completely different direction. So yeah, yeah it's about it, being it's about being collaborative up to a point and just sort of, sort of respecting other people's roles and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I always see a brief as a kind of a, a negotiation document. It's not mm. something that should be set in stone, right? So, yeah. only because a client says they want X, Y, and Z, it does, you know, our role as as kind of thinkers and kind of strategic counsel is sometimes push back on that and challenge yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, I think there has to be a a to and fro. It can't just be yeah. a binary transaction, and that's oh. how you end up with great campaigns and great creative, whatever that I, looks I'm, like. And pushing and pushing the boundaries of that as far as you possibly can do something. I mean, you, sometimes you get sort of pushed back from the client, but um, there's been times where we've really pushed the brief as far as we can do, and, and the and the client's really bought into that. So that's all part of the creative process as well. Uh, and Amy, as a relatively new addition to Naked Health, um, and as someone who you know has got a lot of writing experience and, and, and talent, uh, how have you found working with create with visual creatives because maybe because I've, I'm from the more scientific spectrum um, I've never really worked that closely with an art director but I know in in real creative um, the writer works very closely with the art director and they visualize your copy and then me when I was a poor junior accounts person find it quite intimidating of approaching two you know relatively senior people and and, and having my amends and having an, an input so how have you found uh, working with art directors Amy? Yeah, well, I think, you know, a big part of the brief is we we want people to to receive a certain message and, and um, we want to communicate something to them. And, um, you know, the writer, our job is to create those messages and, and then working with a creative and I'm, particularly with Russ, um, I always felt like work, when I was working, when I'm working with Russ, he knows how people's minds work and how people see things um how they think so you know we really need that collaboration between creating those messages and then and then being able to put them in front of people whether you know visually um or however you know whatever the brief is um so that they they receive those messages in the way that kind of want them to mm. um in and yeah and rust is one of those people that is able to just put things simply um in terms of visuals yeah I mean, it's just that that, that works well because it is um yeah I, I think it's very, it, both things are of equal importance really i mean i i see my my job is just um it, very simply it's just it's just presenting information in a, in a way that's kind of appealing and easily digestible you know so it, it's helping to communicate what you know what in amy's case what amy has written really just to, to be able to present it in a way that's visually appealing easily digestible and and memorable that's that's really what my job is it's really no more complicated than that and and also i mean Russ, we, i remember working with you um on kind of creative concept stage and um and those things really come together without anything in front of you necessarily i remember you just together we we came up with some some really good lines that yeah, um, yeah. because because i feel like you know how to put those messages together in a way that that clicks with people's yeah with how people will see things and sometimes working together you know so art directors come up with really good lines and sometimes uh, writers come up with really good visual ideas as well so um it's it is a very collaborative thing and sort of the line gets a little bit blurred but it's, it's all the better for that really yeah uh, i mean uh, russ i mean after a couple of years um these small independents which i think are really good for like i think they 
I think at those places you you, you do a lot more and you do a lot more between yeah. the lines and it gives you a more a, a good grounding. I think you then went uh, for a few years into uh, the networks mm. uh, into Havas first, I think, and, and that's where I met you uh, yeah. and Lee. How did you find that? I mean, how how did you find um, the culture change if there was one? And also, were you nervous at first leaving a small independent and going into a big scurvy network? Yeah, I was nervous insofar as I went from a a very, very small agency with very few people to a big agency. There was an awful lot of people, a huge room with lots of people. That's quite daunting, really. Um, So, yeah, that that was quite it it was quite a big adjustment, actually. Um, I think a lot of people do it the other way round, really. Maybe it's better to do it the other way round. You go into the big agencies Mm. and you learn lots and you meet lots of different people and see lots of different ways of working. Uh, sometimes find out you, you can identify the things that aren't very good and the way to work in it doesn't work and then you can progress into a smaller agency but um, I did it the other way around really um, so yeah one one thing I kind of noticed with the uh, with, with the networks there was the big networks is there was a lot more kind of process um, which I guess maybe you do need when you've got that amount of people mm. but um as time kind of went on, I kind of felt that a lot of the big big networks, particularly the last one I was at, you get very sort of bogged down in 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 process um, that doesn't really add anything, and uh, uh, lots of different and some people that you know really like these sort of very very layered and this sort of layers and layers of process because. You know, it gives them something to do. There's a lot of people in agencies where that's kind of everything that they focus in on because mm. there's not much else to their role, really. Um, yeah, so... Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, so Pete, you just... I, I, after a while, I felt that I was just spending all of my time just sort of slavishly working to this process, these processes that weren't really adding anything and not really getting the actual work done. And that got to be very frustrating. Because, I mean... Havas was also my first experience of working in in a network rather than, um, you know, a small, relatively friendly, uh, not that bothered about how the monthly numbers that that we're bringing in agency. Mm. And and I remember, I mean, I'm sure Havas has changed now, but I I remember um, it was literally um, uh, one side was the accounts and one side were were, were the creatives and the writers. And for someone like me who, who does a bit of both, I remember... It really was a physical and mental divide. I remember sometimes. Mm, I mean, mm. I mean there, there, there were some real characters there who I who I like to this day. But I remember as a, as a relatively young kid walking across that um, divide between the, the accounts thing and and the creative lot. People literally look at you and stare at you. I mean, this like wall of what do you have to say? This had better be yeah. good. Better, better. And I remember thinking this is really. This is really intimidating. I remember, I remember going over there and stuttering a few times with some of the older people. And I think I thinking, know who you're talking about. Yeah, I really think, <laughs> my God. But with you, yeah. at least you would listen. At least you would think, no, Paul, that doesn't make sense. Go back and check the clients or whatever. But yeah. at least you were the guys who I felt well, we're collaborating, and so we're going to get something decent at, yeah. at the end of the day. But yeah, well, I mean, what, what's your take think, on on that silo? Well, I don't think I don't think Havas was was as bad as some of the other mm. ones that would later would I'd work in later. But I do remember there there when you talk about an actual physical divide, there was yeah. a physical divide. There was there was one half of the agency. Mm. It was divided uh, lengthways across the across the room. Yeah. Really, it was kind of like um, it was like the Cold War. It was East versus West, really. <laughs> and you'd venture venture over, and it, it, yeah, that that was that was very strange. But I, I think 
um, it, it, it's, it's, there is a balance, really, because I think there are, there is a problem with sometimes people working in silos where they have no comprehension of what other people are doing and there's no there's no kind of interaction. That's not good. Um, but then there's also the the other side of it where people kind of encroach a little bit too much and people mm. are sort of, you know, you get these kind of silly empire building and people sort of like trying to um, uh, express a lot of very, very subjective opinions on things that they think need to be implemented. So it, it, it's it's difficult. It, it does just require on both sides, whether it's account side and having a, a degree of respect for what each other does. Um yeah, so I, I, it's funny. I've worked in I've worked in places where there's 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 no kind of divide, and then there's one where people work completely in silos. Mm. I think where how we work is actually very very good because I think we all kind of respect each other's sort of skill sets and what each other does. We can sort of be quite have honest opinions, but we kind of defer to each other as well. Yeah. So I think we kind of got the right balance. And I think it's because we've got a collection of, we've all worked in the big networks. We've all worked across in the smaller independent ones. And we've all kind of figured out, you know, the, the right balance of how to work with each other. I think so. And uh, that's a good segue into yeah. uh, the next question. Because so, you know, fast forward a few years and, you know, you rose through the ranks of the network um, agencies. Uh, yeah. And then Lee, Max and Rod, I think four or five years ago, set up uh, Naked uh, Health and asked you to be a part of that. Yeah. And from you from you working, you know, quite securely in, 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 a, in a big network, you know, um, work is always coming in. There's other, play, other things you can do if, if one account goes. What did you think when they asked you? Was was it a no-brainer to work again with Lee, or was it more of a, or oh, this could be a potential risk for me? At that point, yeah, I, at that point it wasn't. Uh, it was kind of a no-brainer, really, because um, at that point I, I had got. Uh, I've got to be honest. I was I was really tired of the the big network because, um, uh, like I say, there there was just layers and layers of process, um, and. I just remember coming home from work every day thinking I've been in meetings, I've done this, I've done this, I've done, but I've not actually got any work done. Um, There's lots of sort of internal politics to deal with and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it was funny, after I came back came to, to Naked Health, I, I began to realise actually I, I actually quite like doing my job <laughs> um, because I was actually doing the job and I wasn't sort of wasting so much time on um like I say, internal process um, and all these big agencies, they they also have these sort of big internal initiatives as well. And so sort of these things are purely sort of exist internally that just take up so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the last age we, we had this, there was a, a an internal initiative to get everybody to to live healthily because as as a healthcare agency, we needed to be sort of paragons of healthy living and and there was these sort of poster campaign to put, put up around the office to get people to to walk for 10 minutes a day or eat a certain way and all this kind of stuff and this just took an incredible amount of my time um and I was working on sort of, like, of the biggest accounts I was like the lone creative on this thing and after like the third meeting to discuss a poster with about five or six other people I did actually pipe up and say oh sorry this is not a good use of my time um, particularly as this is opposed to telling me to walk for 10 minutes a day and I've already walked 20 minutes before I get into the office so um, there's a lot of things like that so that I think a- big agencies kind of lose start to lose sight of what's important 
and when I came back to naked, when I came to naked health, it became all about the work and just working, uh, not not so what's well, hard, but I mean more more about working smart and sort of every day I kind of thought, yeah, I've actually achieved something. Mm-hmm. And even even on the, even on a slow day or something like that, I thought, well, I haven't done that much, but then I think, well, actually, I've probably done twice as much as I would have done previously, well, and I was quite pleased with what I'd done. So that well, made a big difference, you know. Yeah, but, but that, I think that's a good point because. Um, I mean, over the, over the last four years then, uh, at, at Naked Health, what, what have been the main challenges, but also uh, the benefits? For example, from my point of view, working in, um, you know, in a relatively small agency, um, it is, there is no place to hide. It's pretty clear what you're doing or not yeah. doing. And we're working with people who are all experts in their fields. They all know the score. They all know yeah. uh, the pitfalls. Yeah. They all know when you're doing a good job or when you're, and when you're not. And that, to me, is good but it can yeah. also be challenging because when I, I know when i was leading a team i could i could have days where i was in meetings all day and managing a team and the money was kept coming in and it isn't paul doing a great job but in your heart you know well i, I haven't really done that much today I so yes yeah, so, so, yeah. yeah yeah i mean there are some people that like say they like these sort of layers and layers of process and, and everything because you can you can hide behind it and um uh I mean, particularly in sort of like creative, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that creative departments where uh, quite often the people that have all the affectations of being creative and talk a lot about being creative aren't actually the ones that are really getting the creative work done. Um, so, you know, the, the big networks actually work for some work for some people. And I'm not putting them all down. There's 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 lots of very good people that work in the bigger network agencies and there's good work produced by it. But quite often I, I just found the whole. I, I got to the point where I found that whole process quite um, exhausting and then sort of like quite demoralizing, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I just enjoy just getting the work done and working with people who are sort of like minded, who I can talk to sort of quite freely and we just get the work done. And um, uh, for me, what, one of the first things we did at Naked Health, it wasn't one of the worst, but it was the first sort of major project we did which I think really sort of tested our sort of model as to, does this actually work practically and everything, was uh, Nextelis. It was a, a mm. huge global uh, launch and we and it was right from the very, very beginning. Like Max organised all of the, the workshops, we formulated the brief, um, we came out of all the, the creative concepts, we even sort of designed the, the logo and the packaging and everything and it worked really really well and we did it with with less people and turned it around in a a relatively short space of time with a lot with with not that much agro <laughs> yeah it, and it worked really really well and i thought well th- this is this is clearly this was our sort of big test and stuff and i think it passed so and then you now coming towards the end now but i i guess you know you've, you've had a really good career you've had a really good four years at, at naked health um how do you see the next five years? I mean, what do you want to achieve for yourself? And also, what do you want to achieve for the company of, of, of which you're part? Uh, that's, God, that's a really hard question, really, because I, to be honest with you, I, I kind of concentrate on what I've got to do this week more than anything. I can't, I find it very hard to think that far into the future, to be honest with you. But hopefully just kind of just keep the keep the customers satisfied, really. Um, to quote um, Art Art Uncle, um, it just yeah, that, I think that's all you can do really. I can't really sort of see that far into the future really. I just just carry on doing what we're doing really. Um, change it if if anything needs to change, but so far I think it's doing pretty well. So cool. 
And then maybe um, the last question. And, you know, none of us, apart from maybe Amy, none of us are in the first um, flush of youth. I mean, you know, we're still active. We're still in our prime, so <laughs> to speak. But, I mean, thinking about young people now coming into the industry, um, I mean, what are the key things you wish that you'd known when you were younger uh, that you've learned over the last 20 or 30 years or so? Oh God! Again, that's a really God. You're asking me some really hard Sorry. questions. Actually, it's hard for me to sort of say because, um, like, like as we've all said, and kind of fell into this industry really. Mm. So it's very hard for, and I think it probably has changed quite a lot. Um, so I, 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 it's very difficult for me to sort of give any kind of advice about how to get into get into this industry. But um, I just think sort of just be very sort of mindful of um, what, what just try and get a good overall idea about what everybody does really and get, get a good understanding because i think there's a lot of people that really don't understand what the next the person on the next desk actually actually does i think if you just regardless of whether you're on the account side or the creative side if you at least have an understanding you don't need to know how to do their job um you, but you you do need to have some sort of and it just it just informs what you do a lot better and just makes you better mm. at your job that's i think that's all i can really say to be honest no, I think I think that's true. I I think being curious, uh, wanting to do things in the good and right way, and also learning about the basics of what advertising mm. and healthcare is. I think I know I know when I, I know when I first started out, I was actually taught a lot by clients rather than uh, my own teams, and I think I think that helped me an awful lot because I, I you know I knew yeah. nothing about what what advertising was or how you no. change behaviour or how you persuade people or objectives or or strategy, and, and I think to this day people get confused by all of that and I think I think training is definitely something that I, I would you know really take to heart and, and make the best of. Did you not get a sports car and be told to chase a supermodel around London either Paul? <laughs> I started I started as a writer so I was told to shut up and be in the corner and and quote this is a quote from an account director speak when you're spoken to which that, that, oh. that, was, that, that, that was my first uh, things into healthcare advertising yeah. but oh. anyway that's never story. Yeah, that's a great that, that establishes a great atmosphere straight away. So yeah, yeah it's fantastic. <laughs> maybe maybe your best maybe the best piece of advice if somebody says that to you, find that go somewhere else. But yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for us for sharing your career and your story, state. And um, to our listeners, thanks for listening. And uh, that's another episode of Naked Voice. Thanks very much. Thanks. Cool.